very I want to see Google, some cool uh, you know. photosphere shots of that now. Some what? <laughs> photosphere photosphere. shot. What's photosphere? Is that That's a... from uh, Android 4.2. What is it, like a panorama thing? And the cool thing yep. is, we mentioned yep. this, excuse me, I'm eating a Sunday here. Apparently. We mentioned this on, on <laughs> Attack of the Android. That doesn't look like a Sunday. That's All right, shut Sunday. up, listen. Looks like dog food for Thank me. Thank you. Yeah, know. it's dog food. <laughs> eating that would dog have food. to be cat food. In <laughs> oh, that's, I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> I, I know what my fifth grade teacher feels like now, or felt like. <laughs> anyway. Please. It's Thursday, November 1st, 2012. This is episode 31 of YATS. It's Yet Another Tech Show over at yetanothertechshow.com. Watch us live slash live. My name's Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, we have a whole bunch of people. Let's start out in-house. We got my good friend, my old computer fix-it business uh, partner, Mike Holling from Whitefish, Montana. What's up, Mike? What's up, bro? Good to have you. Bro, come at me. We also got Ant Pruitt from Yats and a New Domain. What's going on, Ant? What's happening, gentlemen? What's going on? We got Larry Press from the University of the Universe and also a New Domain. <laughs> yes. Larry Press, how you doing, sir? How you good? How you doing, guys? We're, Excellent. Well, great, great. We also got Mike Rothman from GroovyPost.com from the internet how you doing mike rothman ready for my weekly dose of yats bring it on bring guys. it sup bro come at me got something to say sup and then we got special guests because he's awesome i don't know i don't know he's got his hands on a new toy chris miller how you doing man i gotta do my obligatory before every show hold on bum, 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 bum. do it do all it. right the water is done i'm here do it nice <laughs> looking good mike beautiful everyone happy we're here, yet another texture.com slash live. If you got questions, you can pose them in there and we will perhaps answer them. Who knows? It's that kind of show. So, big news starting out. Selling out? I don't know. Maybe this is a change for the, for the better. Uh, oh. We have <laughs> the Star Wars franchise getting purchased by, drumroll please, Aunt Pruitt. Freaking Disney. <laughs> Disney. Disney Company. I, I I don't know, y'all. I saw that and break it down for us. What 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 were the numbers? How much is the Star Wars franchise? Four billion dollars. Four billion. Four billion dollars for Star Wars. How can how can Star Wars be worth four billion and Instagram one billion? That is four I'm, Instagrams. <laughs> it seems not right. I don't know. Something's wrong there. Yeah, no Clearly, shit. Facebook yeah. has more disposable income than, uh, than Walt Disney here. I mean, I, I saw that, and it's it sort of scared me because 
you know how George Lucas has been about this franchise and, and the power that he wanted from the very beginning all the way up to the, the prequels that didn't really get a lot of good run. You know, it was all about him and his control and his power. And then this just sort of, you know, come out from under the rug and, and bid everybody like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're, we're selling out. Did anybody see this dollars. coming? Like, was this I mean, the, the, it kind of to me, it, it seemed like it just came out of the blue. It did. It came out of nowhere, and then it came like you know during all of this talk with the storm and the stock market was closed, and it it, it was it was a surprise. But like I said, well, with me, it, it just it sort of scared me because. And don't be why scared. Why is this going on? Don't be scared. It wasn't <laughs> totally. It wasn't totally out of the blue. Lucas George Lucas had announced in the last few months that he was stepping down from sort of day to day. Activity, you know, the guy's sixty-eight. Okay, give him a break. And he'd also, or they, the film company, also recently hired a new president. And what do you know? The new president was hired from the Walt Disney Company. So, you know, if you're sort of reading the tea leaves, there were a couple of vaguely, you know, vague hints, but not much to go on. If you ask me, they should have bought Rim instead. So, what? <laughs> <laughs> Raymond do him a lot of good. I, I I don't know. Now they're talking about another episode, and yeah. Well, let no, me ask you this. Let, let me ask you guys this: is is this franchise in the hands of Disney, Pixar? They have a lot of great people on their teams. Is that going to be better for the franchise overall than leaving it in the hands of someone who wants to just keep remaking it and ruining it and destroy? I mean. Let's give it new life, right? New perspective, fresh yeah, eyes, yeah, yeah, new yeah. people. This could be cool. I don't know. I was never a big Star Wars fan, so who cares? I loved the first, you know, the first three uh, movies. The original, you know, sure. from the, the original Star Wars from the 1970s, 1980s. They were fabulous. He did those at the sort of the height of his creative power. And, you know, the, the episodes of the last decade or so, eh, much more yawners. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, bring on some new talent. And Disney has a, a talented crew. You know, Disney includes Pixar, includes, what's the other There's one? There's a lot of studios there that could do a lot of cool stuff, gaming and movies, I think. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's a, a good yeah. move overall for, for the franchise. So, Did you guys see the video? <clears throat> I didn't want to watch it. No, no, no! The little short video. Do you haven't seen it yet? No. No. Okay. Let me uh, let me Cure show. Up. I'm going to show you all right now. If we can do this, is this possible to do? Yeah, do it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Use the app. Give me two why seconds. Can't I, I'm trying to, but why won't it let me just paste in a URL? That piece of junk. Hey, Chris, because that's not how it works. Really? <laughs> <laughs> use the YouTube app. I, yeah, I'm looking at it. Why Where's do you the... have to be difficult? <laughs> I mean, come on. It it's. No, well, anyway. <laughs> Here, I got you. What? Well, uh, Chris is figuring that out. Well, San Francisco is, you know, Lucas is based in San Francisco, and he has this campus, and the uh, he, he's very low-key. It doesn't say anything about Lucas on his buildings, you know, because mm-hmm. he, he wants to be uh, anonymous, I guess. But there's one clue, which is that he's got a stat, he's got a fountain out front, and there's a central figure in the in the Fountain, is it Hans? Is Yoda? Oh, really? Okay. Oh, I yeah. found it. 
Now, now everyone in San Francisco is all freaked out because they're going to replace Yoda with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> you know what? The only the only thing that really comes to my mind when I hear that is that one South Park episode where Mickey Mouse was in it, and he's like, "Whoa, you messing with me, punk!" <laughs> but it was it was the most brutal portrayal of the. I mean, it was just it was so flawless and brilliant that. They they made the statement and I I don't know I just I just that's what I think of so I I picture Mickey Mouse going up to Han Solo and and, and the Wookiee and being like ha, ha, get on your knees bit you know you know and, and and then that and so all right cool please don't ruin Star Wars um, don't. hey come on look at the Pixar movies are all really cool man they didn't yeah, yeah, ruin yeah. Them. come on they are no he was talking about me. <laughs> Have you guys seen this? I found the video. This okay, is okay. Let's see. Let's All see right. it, Chris. Go Here we it. go. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> Larry Press from left field just <sighs> breaks the house up. I know that's awesome. That's why he's here. Uh-huh. That's why we love him. All right. So, are you enjoying the video, Chris? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> this is wrong. All right, that's fine. It gets better. It gets better. Oh, that's what I've seen those uh, ads also. And you know what? <laughs> Never mind. This is so wrong. It gets better. He's right. No, seriously. Come on out, guys. All right. Here. Here, wait. I heard audio. What's up? I heard something. Bring yeah. it, bro. I mean, come at me. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. You, Chris, you got your hands on a Windows 8 Surface tablet. Tell us. Yes. Tell us all about it. Uh, so I did a nice little written review on it, which we can look at if we need to. Will you screen share it? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know, I probably could. It's probably possible uh, if we want to do that. But no, so the idea was uh, they invited me out to the Microsoft event, which was nice. Uh, said we're doing our pop-up store launches all over the country. And they actually had surfaces everywhere. And they gave us time to step aside and give us hands-on uh, with the surface. Um Okay, overall, what did I think? It's a damn fine, impressive device. The hardware is nice. I've heard really good things about the hardware. That it's, it's a good, feels good, looks good. It, it feels good in your hands. It actually was easy to work with. I didn't like the one piece, which was the fixed kickstand of 22 degrees, which is a laptop exact angle almost. Mm. So it fell into that angle of that. The problem being is that that was the only position you could do. So there was no other option. Uh, it had the mic, it had the SD card expansion. It had USB ports. Uh, the touchpad uh, keyboard was also available for it. We'll talk about that in a minute. But in terms of responsiveness, it used the bezel, which is much different than the iPad. So if I'm sitting uh-huh. here, yeah, where's my piece of? It's like the playbook. If I went upstairs and got the playbook, I hate to say it, but looking at the iPad, this whole bezel area on the uh, window surface mm-hmm. actually gives you actions. If I swipe. Nice. All the way down, I can throw an app away. If I swipe down and to the left, it docks it. So it has true multitasking on the screen. So I'll have a side app and the full app running at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can also uh, swipe out from the left and back, and it'll put all the running apps down the left. And the cool part is, if I dock an app, I can swipe from the left to the right and just throw open apps onto the screen. So oh, that man. was cool. Uh, the tiles are that make the desktop on the iPad look stupid only because they're interactive. I can resize them <laughs> real time, them. real time, like information uh, updates, data, all that. mail, weather, uh, nice. information from Twitter, Stocks, you know, all that stuff is in there. Uh, there's a few that I know are going to be enhanced, but you can resize them. You can squish them to do nothing. You can make them static. You can make them live. Mm-hmm. You can group them. Uh, I have a video 
that's actually on Google Plus. We can share that uh, has all the guy doing a quick demo of the desktop rearrangement and manipulation. You can get to the old desktop. So what do we yeah. do from there? It has HD cameras front and back, which kills the iPad. Uh, it has the I ability. I had an HD on the front. Uh, HD on the front, 720p both sides. So we're now, getting away kicker. from that classic 1.3 front megapixel camera, it sounds like, right. which is good. And there's, so it doesn't have the retina, but it has a very high resolution. It doesn't have the retina display. Uh, it does have one thing that's cool. Because of the USB port, not only does it have the SkyDrive sync, so you can actually set up your Windows 8 desktop. Oh, wait. Here, we'll do this. You can set up your Windows 8 desktop and sync it through SkyDrive, but you're also able then to go back and set it to boot from your USB and run Windows 8 from a USB. So the device could boot Windows 8 from a USB drive and run it that way. That's uh, pretty yeah, cool. That's, right, that's slick. Uh, the ability of some of the other port stuff is very slick. Um, I'm going to scroll down one more thing in here that I really liked so much. I talked about docking. I talked about the piece. The smart glass. That was also very cool. So they had it hooked up with an Xbox, and using the smart glass technology, if you're watching a show, let's say, on the TV through the Xbox, they have software now and integration points that would show you more about the characters or maybe community chat on the tablet. So you have the Surface device that's a smart glass for what's going on with your Xbox, and the reverse was true. If I had a movie on my tablet, there's a button, and I have a good screenshot of it in the slideshow. You just push the button, and it shares it right to your Xbox if you're on the same network stuff. That's uh, hot there. That was it's like AirPlay. So uh, the thirteen sixty six by seven sixty eight was the resolution, which is much different. The SDXC card slot, uh, the iPad can't touch it. You're talking about the ability to add another thirty two gig SD card into your device to store things. Uh, the seven twenty p for the Skype calls, of course, was there. Uh, okay, and that's interesting. To- the the move to go with SD. Seeing we're seeing a lot of uh, the Android, the newer Android devices, namely all the new Nexus devices, uh, not having those. Get, they're well, getting rid of the SD mm-hmm. slots. Now, here was a downfall they didn't do in the first release of the hardware, which made sense because they did something else. Is there was no four G. It was Wi Fi only. Which I keep mentioning that you do we all are we at the point where we all have LTE phones because just tether it and you don't do you want to uh, to deal with another carrier? No. I mean, come on. no, oh, no, negative. I did this side by side. I fired up the iPad. I went to the Wi-Fi screen, turned it on to see all the Wi-Fi access points I could see in the mall. I went to the Surface on purpose because they bond. There's two Wi-Fi cards inside of it that are bonded together. I mm-hmm. saw twice as many access points. It was picking up. Uh, oh, yeah. So right. that bonding is not just for increased bandwidth, but it gives you range as well. That's correct. That's interesting. It gave me many more access how points. How is that? Yeah, but uh, the how, iPad is lame. How, thank At you, At least Larry. I did an iPad test, and it's totally, <laughs> the radios in the iPad, how, that was about a year ago, were no good at all. Chris, but, how is yeah. that double uh, wireless antenna do on the battery? Is that Well, so there was a question I asked them directly, and I have that in the review. I said, What's the battery life? He goes, it lasts all day. I said, okay, what does that mean? He goes, no, he was very smart. And I'm telling you what, they didn't give me not just a guy that knew the actual software. He was apparently a previously a tech up to a couple months ago. He goes, I'm going to tell you. He said, depending on if you sit on the Wi-Fi all day, you run video all day, or you're streaming or doing Skype all day. He goes, I'm going to tell you it's going to last all day. I charge it once a day, but I'm not going to say 10 hours or five hours because I'm not sure how much I use it, but it's lasting me all day. The Wi-Fi is always on. I'm always doing demos, showing apps. You know, turning on Skype. He said it's lasting me all day. I have to charge it at night. He said they're not going to put okay. a time just yet. Um, and I can I, live with that. I bought into that because he was like, "I'm telling you what I do on it. I'm telling you it lasts me all day." 
you know, is it eight hours? I don't know. Is it, you know, seven and a half? I, he's like, it's I, all day. Come on. You're breaking right. my balls here. Now, let's talk about the keyboard. So it has an optional, and if you're, if anyone gets this without the keyboards, two things. One, you're an idiot. Number two, <laughs> Microsoft's an idiot for not making it part of the actual package. Listen and here's up, why. kids. Oh, no. There's two keyboards you can get. Both of them are over $100. It's like oh. 120 $130. They are, I'll give them this, though. There's two types. There's the touch and there's the full keypad. The, uh, the touch one that you get, uh, it's a lighter touch cover. It was like, what was it, like 120 bucks. Now, yeah, that sounds right. They have an integrated pad, a uh, trackpad with it. What you find is that you start using both. You're typing very well. I used it off to the side. Now, here's what was cool about it. So when it's closed, it's like the smart cover on the iPad. It actually puts it in standby mode. When you t- open it up, the surface fires right up. There's no Windows boot up. It, it turned on right away. When you have nice. it in a normal degree angle, it treats it like a keyboard. Now, here's what was cool. When I fold it behind on the surface, it turns into passive mode. It's a tab at only touch. Mm-hmm. So it knows right. well, that's, Yeah, that's nice. slick. And it was the magnet set. There was no way you could miss attaching it. He had me do it without even looking two or three times to make sure he wasn't screwing with me. He laid the keyboard on the ground, on the uh, table. He gave me the surface set, hold it, and just go by the keypad. And as soon as I got near it, it locked into place. He goes, now you don't think it's secured. Lay down the surface. I did. He said, pick up the keyboard. I picked it up, and I was hanging it by the keyboard in those magnetic locks they have. I said, it's holding it. He goes, right, now pull it apart. And you gave it a little bit of tug, and it knew you were pulling, and it let go. Now, but when I- this, this might have been answered by other people, but I've always been curious how they get around the whole magnet being near. Is there just no... Nothing that can be damaged on the point of contact there, or how does how does that work? It looks like they're isolating because even in the iPad, when they do the breakdowns of those, you can see they're around the edge, and there's a little ring that's right, around. Okay, them. so there's just nothing else there for it to interact right. with. Uh, last part was the other keypad, which was a full touch one for you business people. If you need tactile response, it was ten dollars more, but it gave you it was a little bit thicker, but it gave you a full uh, response. So the smart the touch cover felt just like a normal smart cover. It looked a lot like it now. That was the other thing is you only had, like I said, because of the kickstand one position. Uh, the right. SD slot is behind the kickstand. So if you're going to put the SD card in, you put it behind the kickstand and close it, you know, and store it there. Uh, USB, oh, and it had the HDMI out, which is different, of course. Than wow. Uh, right. That made it a big ability. Uh, last part is they should have bundled it all together, I think, just to yeah. summarize it all. They should have made the, the keypad come with it. I don't see anybody buying it without. If you do buy it without, you've made a big mistake. Well, and let's Get keep it. in mind, this is version one. So there, there may be bundles. There may be whatever. And the what? battery is a bit smaller than the iPad. That's right. The other part was the iPad's 42 and a half watt hours. The uh, Surface is 31.5. Uh, but they fit everything in there, plus all the ports, plus the HDMI, plus full USB 2.0. Uh, they cut back on the Retina, but gave you two 720p cameras. So... It's a win. And the Microsoft 8 OS on top of it with the tiles and stuff, you can get to the full windows underneath. You can still actually get to file management. Oh, it comes preloaded with the uh, Office Suite. Now, how is, this com- how is this in comparison to a Nexus 10 or even a 7? Or I mean, completely the different. Are really, the really apps, comparative. The well, minus, minus the spec sheet. Like, you, you've... I brought that up, and he said, uh, the apps, I said, well, how many apps are there? He goes, you know, we're the largest launch of apps. We have 150,000 in the uh, store already. I said, but how many are really Windows 8 tablet ready? And he's like, a lot of them. He said, but pretty much the big ones, the ones you'll right away, you know, they're ready to go. The Skypes, the Evernotes, all that stuff's ready to go. Mm. 
Well, when I watched the Windows 8, uh, Windows Phone uh, keynote, Bomber was saying that our of the 50 biggest apps out there, they have 46 of them in their yep. ecosystem. So, you know, I'm not buying that. I've I've played around a little bit with the apps in the App Store, and they're still sort of version 1.0 for the most part. I mean, oh, for okay. example, there's well, and that's Android. what it is, right? So, I yeah. mean, what was Android when it came out? What was iOS when it came out? I mean, very. Well, it's, it's clearly a catch-up game. They're just I, ten years too late. Yeah, what I'm saying is Microsoft has got about. I don't know, 5,000, 6,000 apps in its app store. A lot of them are kind of worthless. Mike, do you think developers are sitting back and waiting for the holiday season to see how many people actually pick this up to see if it is a viable third platform to develop on? I don't know. I, you know, it's one useful sign right now is that the Surface is showing uh, on the Microsoft Store website as sold out, out of really? stock. Really? Yeah. Now they've they've got multiple versions of it, and the sixty-four uh, gigabyte storage model is available. The thirty-two, the less expensive thirty-two gigabyte storage model, is shown as out of stock. So you know that that maybe that's maybe that's hype, maybe that's real. Uh, I I just I've not yet seen, and believe me, I am pulling for this. I want this to work, and I'm running Windows 8 as my main desktop now. Uh, but the Metro apps are not there yet. That's my. That's my sense of it. Now, you could go to any of the pop-up stores, and they have them laying right there ready to go, including Xboxes. So the pop-up stores are carrying them. There's, what, 30, 28 pop-up stores they put up in the country, I think? No idea. It's a handful. Well, there's there's quite a few, and they have them in stock under the counter ready to go. So that is one thing that are there. Hey, Chris, let me ask you two little questions. One, why wouldn't... Why wouldn't somebody want to spend 10 bucks extra to get a keyboard where the keys move? I mean, is there any... That, that sounds like a no-brainer, too. Yeah, well, the thinness, number one, it does function fine, number two. And the third one is the look and feel. It's really sleek with it. The touchpad's awesome on both of them. It's exactly the same. I think people don't like the look and the feel of that fuller keyboard. They like that smooth. It, it really looks better. If you look at one of the pictures I have, it actually looks better. It looks Could smoother. you type as well on it? You could type just as well, even on your lap. I actually had it on my le- on my leg. And it kept a nice, steady approach. It didn't have any problems. It wasn't like you had to push through it to get to the keys. Yeah. Uh, I could type 75%, 80%. Cool. And, and another thing, how much does this machine you just described cost? Oh, the lovely machine. Uh, what was it, like four ninety nine? Four ninety nine. I thought, Chris. Four ninety nine. I think we're all the same. $4.99 is without a keyboard. Yep, without the keyboard. Yes, that's the other problem is with without the keyboard. Five ninety nine. So five ninety nine then with well, a keyboard in a bundle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a beautiful part. Is they call it a bundle. If you get it by itself, the keyboard's one hundred and twenty nine bucks. Oh, so if you buy them together, you get the keyboard a t- little cheaper. Okay. And six ninety nine if you want sixty four gigabytes of storage. Yes. Wow. Now, if we have a public. Uh, chat what i can do is actually uh put the link out there for everybody yeah and at yet another tech show.com when we do the show notes tomorrow we'll get that in there um so anything else wrapping up the windows 8 surface tablet uh news we will uh have uh a windows 8 full pro stuff coming shortly so i'll have more for you about that one 
When is that going to be a pro? When is that going to be on the market? Which one? The, the Surface? Pro. No, the, the Pro. pro. Yeah. Oh, it's on the market today. You can go buy it today. Oh, you're talking about the operating system. I'm talking about the operating oh, system. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, uh, no, maybe it's not called the, what do they call the other tablet? The, well, oh, the R Pro tablet yeah, Pro versus tablet. the RT. Well, yeah. no, so the RT is what you have. Now, keep in mind, the RT, you know, made for the ARM processor type stuff. And not everything is right. currently processing well on top of it. Some of the things are still Intel type based. Uh, but what I'm seeing is with the seamless desktop that they're building, if you have the apps installed across both and you're using SkyDrive, it doesn't matter if I'm running the desktop version or the Windows tablet version, the RT, eventually it'll become pretty ubiquitous, which is really cool. And I saw that in action because the guy had his demo machine sitting there, and it was pretty ubiquitous between the two. It was slick. Nice. Wow. Sounds like you really like the, uh, yeah. the tablet. I am so pleased to hear that. Yeah, me too. It will be interesting to see uh, how it stacks up with Microsoft now doing their uh, hardware, Google getting LG, getting Samsung, uh, making theirs. They had the announcement on the 29th canceled due to Sandy, the storm. Uh, any of you guys have any fallout from that, from, from the storm? I think, Ant, you're the, the closest, aren't you? Uh, the worst I had was just, you know, just cold weather, but far as technology and things. Um, we had a few offices down because uh, the network connections were down right. from the ISPs. And but. Larry, which we'll, we'll get into uh, after this, had an article that, uh, on his Google Plus about the tracking the down servers and, and routers and everything. Uh, that had yeah, a map and, and everything. Of course, Pretty you guys saw yesterday at about 4 o'clock Eastern time, um, Google lost a lot of their services temporarily. You know what? I didn't even, like, it didn't affect me, but I was listening to the latest episode of Twig. And I heard mm -hmm. them talk. I was like, really? It went down? That's crazy because it was yeah. all of their main services, was it not? Well, yeah, search was still up for me anyway. Uh, I didn't have voice. I didn't have mail. I didn't have the drive. And I didn't have Google+. Plus. But I did have search because I could still I don't go out think, there and just look for random stuff. I don't think the four horsemen could take down the search. Like, I think that's, I mean, it's their main thing you know it's google i i find it hard to believe oh, that and that youtube was down too you YouTube don't want to go disrespecting yeah. the four horsemen well i'm yeah. just saying <laughs> yeah, really. i'm just don't saying four horsemen. if you're bored there's there's a challenge so <laughs> so yeah um what let's see that lg i know on attack of the androids uh, our android podcast we poked a lot of fun at life is good at lg at the fact that, you know, what has, what has LG done lately that was so great right. besides burner phones? I watched The Verge. They had a, vi a video of the, the Nexus device that they uh, won. I think yeah. Josh Topolsky went to the campus, and it, it was really well done. And after watching that video, I wanted it until they said no LTE. Then I didn't yeah. want it. But then the Nexus 10 I was like, I will sell my prime for a Nexus 10 in a heartbeat. It's it's a very compelling device. Uh, I more so for me personally than the the Surface stuff uh, or anything like that. But what do you think, Ant? Well, as far as the Nexus uh, 4 from LG, isn't that what they're calling it now? Um, yes, the it's the Nexus, Nexus 4. 4. Yep. I'm still a little underwhelmed on it because of the whole LTE. Um, it's all GSM, HSPA plus, whatever you want to call it. Right. I I can't do anything with that in my in my region. Right, exactly, exactly. 
And a lot of um, us have our grandfathered in Verizon Unlimited plans that are on LTE. So where it's going to be, it's going to take a monster to get us to upgrade from the Galaxy Nexus or or the S3 or or whatever. The thing that, that, that had me a little, had me chuckling a little bit was watching that same video you're talking about from The Verge. Yeah, that was well done. I like that. They went over some of the features of Android 4.2 and... Hugo Barra started talking about the predict- predictive text <laughs> yeah. capabilities on it yeah. and how you just the gesture. swipe your fingers no, across it. No, you don't. Type. No, and no, <laughs> you don't gesture or you don't swipe. Excuse me. See, you're it's gesture. Me. You and, gesture. And it's funny because that sounds just like swipe keyboard out there that's out there right now. And Topolsky. He says, well, isn't this just like swipe or something to that no, side effect? No, no. You know, and <laughs> he Hugo, his... <laughs> Hugo clearly says, no, it's not about what it's similar to. Yeah. It's more about what we focused on trying to make it better. On the inside, he was like, but listen, swiping isn't predicting like that. This is the Miss Cleo of prediction engines for, yeah, for typing. I, I, it, it made me laugh a little bit because I said that just sounds like something else some other companies would do right is that going to bring up, bring up more privacy concerns or maybe not so much the gesture on the keyboard but the new cards in google now which as we yes. learned from attacking the android privacy last night it's actually a part of the google search update not the jelly bean update so a lot right. of us already have the new cards because we did the google search update so if you want yeah. them that's how you would get them. It was a little bit of a surprise to see that update um, come through, and I went to my Google Now, like most people do, um, with the Jelly Bean ROM, and saw that it told me I had been walking about five miles over the last month. Now, how in the world did it know I was walking for five, <laughs> for because, five miles? Because it was watching you. <laughs> it was watching you. <laughs> You know, and it also mentioned something about, um, uh, well, for other people, like they had been riding a bike for three or four miles over the month, and it's just a little, little creepy. Hey, Larry, move your mic down on on your um, headset about an inch or two. You can hear me breathing. Yep, there you go. That's I'm the good. one. I'm the one. All right. <laughs> I just opened up the chat and I said, "Who is that?" Yeah, <laughs> it's me. It's me. All right, guys. But no, it um. No, I'm, can we I'm, call? I'm, hold on, I'm can we? Can we no, can we call more attention to that first? I'm not done yet. Okay, Go ahead. that's enough. I'm good now. Thanks. Okay, good. Continue, <laughs> please continue. But 4.2, I, I'm, I can't wait to get a hold of that, and, and fortunately, we're going to be able to get it first because we're on the Nexus line. Because we're on CyanogenMod uh, M series uh, monthlies. Right. Nightlies, monthlies, and they're going to start it. What do they say about the thirteenth or so? I believe so. Somewhere in that area. And around that time, is it the fourteenth of November that they're going to open up uh, a few more markets, also in Europe? And they also inked a deal uh, with Time Warner. Was it Time Warner? No, was it? It was one of the the four. There were four, and they only had three. And this was the last one they needed. I forget who it was. Chris, do you remember? No. No, I'm drawing a okay. Blank Doesn't now. matter. Anyway, they have all four now, so you can get such groundbreaking artists like Madonna and the Red Hot Chili Pepper. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really but only know. in four additional four additional countries in Europe now. So they're making well, some sure. progress over but there. But they're big countries. I mean, yeah. Let's. 
Okay. It doesn't satisfy one of our Yats listeners over there in Sweden. She's still not well, so happy about it. <laughs> I got a Transformer Prime. I'll sell to you. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, and uh, on the latest episode of Attack of the Androids, attackoftheandroids.com, in the show notes, I posted a link to the XDA rundown of it, and they have some great videos of Photosphere, which looks really awesome, uh, and some of the other uh, other features there. So. And I guess while we're talking about Android, I this is something that a lot of us missed, I think, and I didn't hear anybody bring it up, but uh, J.R. Raphael over on Computer World has this piece about Android 4.2's new security system. Uh, this looked kind of interesting. Uh, he says, Android 4.2 marks the launch of a powerful new security system built right into the platform. The key component is a real-time app scanning service that instantly checks apps put on your device for any malicious or potentially harmful code. Uh, the feature is an extension of the security technology Google introduced for the Play Store uh, back in February. While that technology, he says, worked exclusively on the server side, it was analyzing apps that were uploaded to the Play Store, the new system, it works with your device, and then it scans any apps you install from third-party sources. So... Uh, he says, quote, we view security as a universal thing. That's Hiroshi Lockheimer, uh, Android VP of Engineering. He says, assuming the user wants this additional insurance policy, we felt like we shouldn't exclude one source over another. So, I don't know. Th- this looks pretty awesome. Uh, he says, well, we... Is this basically dealing with the installer from places outside of the market? I mean, not It market, sounds like it, because you have Bouncer, right? That's scanning apps that are actually uploaded to the store. Okay. So then you have this, which is checking your device and seeing if there's anything shady. And actually, I think ROM Toolbox and there, there's another one. I can't think of the name right now. But they have... It, it's more for ads. Like, it, it scans all of the apps and it real-time monitors everything. And it lets you know their ad providers, so then you can add those to your ad blocker, and then you oh, okay. get uh, it's yeah, pretty slick. So uh, a, a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Uh, he says, "quote We have a catalog of seven hundred thousand applications in the Play Store, and beyond that, we're always scanning stuff on the web in terms of APKs that are appearing." Uh, he says, "We have a pretty good understanding of the app ecosystem now, whether something's in the Play Store or not." So he says, if Google servers recognize the app as a known safe program, your installation will continue uninterrupted. But if it matches it to an app that's known to be dangerous, meanwhile, a designation, Lockheimer says, is extremely rare for the platform. Well, <laughs> let's not, let's not mm. say extremely rare, but, you know, it, it, it happens. Uh, he says the system will prevent you from installing it. And if the app raises some red flags but no definite evidence of harm, the system will alert you of the situation and let you decide whether you want to proceed. So and he says all of this happens in a split second. Uh, so this should be pretty cool. They're, they're adding a lot of interesting uh, things to Android 4.2. And this was something that I had not really heard much about. So there you go. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about next? We have this piece that Larry did. This was really interesting. The Powers of Ten video. Do you want to tell us about this, Larry? Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, that video's. I thought wow. you wanted to talk about the the flood one. Uh, yeah, we'll do that next. Mike, do you remember Powers of Ten? Oh, Mike. Mike, uh, from way back, I sure do, Larry. 
Absolutely. Okay, Powers of Ten is uh, was made by Charles and Ray Eames, which is a it's not just two people; it's a whole very large, famous design studio that's actually in Venice, California, where I used to live. And they were the designers for IBM. They designed the big blue computers, the color and the shape and the and everything. Oh. Uh, they did the World's Fair for IBM. Well, they cool. invented the Eames chair. Just for the hell of it, I checked. You can still get an Eames chair for they're like $839 or something on, on the Internet. And they're just kind of molded plywood. So anyhow, they're kind of a known uh, thing in the design field. And in 77, I think, they made a movie for IBM called Powers of Ten, where they start and they just have a camera on a guy, a family in a picnic, and then they zoom out by Powers of Ten until they get out to, you know, 100 million light years away. And you keep seeing how the, how things look from that perspective. And then they zoom in and in and in until you're in the, you know, subatomic world. It's a very... I don't know to to get the mind to uh, to think in those terms because we're not in those terms we're in our scale it's really weird like it makes your head feel weird I, I don't know I like thinking about that stuff how small we are and then how large we are in in comparison going the other way yeah but that any anyway, I the reason I kind of got reminiscing of that about that was because I came across a website where they do the same kind of a this the same point it's powers at 10 they go out a little further they go in a little further but it's interactive it's like the Eames thing was just a movie you watch the movie and it had a really valuable narration to it but i i came across a website the other day that does the same thing but it's interactive you use a slider to go in and out so you control whether you're you know out at the end of the known universe or you're down sitting on top of a string theory string or something. And um, and then it's with still images, and so it'll have a picture of a dinosaur. You click on it, and a little text box opens up and, t- and tells you about the thing that you're looking at. So it's interactive as opposed to a And tell uh, us about film. the monetization and, models. Yeah, and now they get it. So those that's one difference is that it's interactive. Monetization model... Um, you know, Powers of Ten was sponsored by IBM, giant corporation. They showed it all over the place. Um, it was, you know, a PR thing for IBM. Uh, so one big company sponsored it. The monetization model for this other thing, this website, is Google AdSense. They just have little AdSense ads, Boom. and that's it. There you go. Sort of a whole different world. And then here comes the real different world. The website was built by two twins, and it turns out they're 14 years old. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just... I just love that. I just yeah. love it. Yeah. Isn't that so you cool? can see uh, why I tripped on it. And it's, <laughs> you know, the times they are changing, man. It's uh, different tools are required to build things. Uh, we're building interactive things, and we're financing them in different ways. Yeah. Right Anyhow, I'll right. so, put in the, uh, a any, link to it in the, web, in the uh, show notes. Tell us about the Storm uh, site. Yeah, it was raining back in New York. I guess you guys heard about it. Was it raining men? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. No, I did a post on um, – I did a couple, actually, um, just kind of on the Internet impact of that. And um, where to start? Uh, it turns out lower Manhattan was hit really hard, and it also turns out, uh, no surprise, there's a ton of data centers there. And a lot of land, a lot of transatlantic cables land around New York and and New Jersey in that area, so yeah, it was a, a pretty sensitive place. 
Um, so the there's uh, Renesis is a company that you know they they track you know they sort of do internet monitoring in real time, and so if you go to their website, they've got an animation that shows uh, like. Um, I don't know, they're, you know, a tenth of a degree, but little areas kind of breaks the world up into little areas. And then this, they have an animation that shows over time uh, as um, not as, as networks go up and down. What they do is they take a little area, and within that area, they color code the, the square on the map depending on what percentage of the networks are unreachable at any time. And so you can kind of you can kind of see... Uh, the storm building up and see this, you know, uh, things get redder and redder and redder. Um, the thing that's cool is that uh, in lower Manhattan, which was the hardest hit place, around 10% of the networks have become unreachable. And that sounds bad, but the good news is 90% still are reachable. And so people are just, you know, burning diesel fuel and drinking a lot of coffee and keeping their their data centers up. Um, you know that was that's kind of the the optimistic story you get out of it. Now, did you see the data center that uh, actually tweeted that you should have used us for your cloud, and they were still no. it was Grid? What was their oh, name? I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, three hours later, uh, they lost total lost power themselves. <laughs> they couldn't get to their generators because they were submerged underwater. I mean, not their generators, their backup fuel. So yeah. these guys uh, redacted their tweet and apologized for their smart comments. It's like oh, Mike says, yeah. you don't you don't mess with the four horsemen, you don't mess with hurricanes either. <laughs> no, let me tell you something else that, that reminds me that was in the post I did that's really worth going to if you guys want to. Uh, there was an ISP in New Orleans during uh, Hurricane Katrina. Katrina? That, yeah, that stayed up the whole time. The only one in New Orleans that stayed up the whole time. And wow. at that time, like right after the hurricane, uh, that guy, Doc Searles, did an interview of the CEO of that company, and he, he, he talks about what he had to do to keep his data center running, and it's just really cool. It's fascinating to listen to. Uh, basically, he was, like, bribing the National Guard uh, to leave him alone. He was scrounging all over the place for diesel fuel. Uh, it was a really – it's just really fun to hear. It lets you kind of feel the nuts and bolts of what it is to really keep a data center running. All right. Yeah. Speaking of that, did you guys see the Google photographs? They from opened their up. Data yeah, oh, yeah, from their data centers. That's oh, they are cool. Yeah. Talking they about make it feeling look fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I want one of those. Yeah, <laughs> a, server, a server farm. Wow. No, it's cool. not, man. It's an air conditioning farm. It's got As a few speaking, little computers in it. <laughs> speaking from somebody that used to have to do stuff like that in, in phone COs and yeah. switches and dress wires and Get out divers and rap. It, it's some of it's fun, but that does not look like it would be. I mean, I'm sure if you're getting paid bucks, it'd be fun, but I don't yeah, know. I mean, that stuff, it was so beautiful. Yet it was beautiful art. The way they did it was it, technological you know? art, just connecting yeah. life. Life. Yeah. You know, I sit and look at our, our facility when we you know, expanded and had to run, do our own cable runs and whatnot. And we're pretty anal about that as far as where our switches are going to go and, and so forth. And you look at that and you're like, oh, gosh, you talk about zooming out <laughs> by the 10th mm -hmm. power and zooming in. You're looking at us compared I to I want to see Google, some cool uh, photosphere shots of that now. Some what? <laughs> photosphere, photosphere shot. What's photosphere? Is that That's a... from uh, Android 4.2. 
What is it, like a panorama thing? And the cool thing yeah. is, we mentioned yeah. this, excuse me, I'm eating a Sunday here. Apparently. We mentioned this on, on Attack <laughs> of the Androids. That doesn't look that like a Sunday. That's All right, shut Sunday. up, listen. Looks like dog food for <laughs> Thank me. Thank you. Yeah, know. it's dog food. <laughs> eating that would dog have food. to be cat food. In <laughs> oh, that's, I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> I, I know what my fifth grade teacher feels like now, or felt like. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> I totally forgot what I was going to say. No, uh, Google Plus will actually, you can view Photosphere images on there and actually do all the zooming. So it's more, it's not like gimmicky like the 3D cameras were that you needed a phone that had it to be able to see it very well or glasses or whatever. Like this, it, only on Google Plus, but it it's, gives it more of a use case, I think. So, shut up, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, Could you do a photosphere that uh, Sunday? Yeah, I got your photosphere right here, buddy. <laughs> so uh, that was all of the stories. Oh, do you guys remember the Ooh Yeah? We talked about this, not to be too Android heavy, but uh, on Kickstarter, what did they get? Like $8 million? They asked for like $900,000 and broke like $8 million, I think. It, it was ridiculous. But uh, they're coming out now uh, saying that they will... They should still be on point for their December 1st release date of the SDK and the developer portal. Um, he says, uh, based on Android Jelly Bean, it's built similarly to standard Android games, but they point to specific elements that are unique to the company, including aspects of the input, display, payment process, settings, and software. Uh, the ODK, which is the Ouya development kit, comes with a controller similar to the standard gamepad with a touchpad but no touchscreen, no back menu or volume buttons, but it does come with a soft keyboard for text input. Uh, they're saying just about testing, you know, 720p, 1080i, 1080p, widescreen aspect ratio, stuff like that. Make sure everything works, please, because we really want this to be awesome. Uh, he says, ooh, yeah, works against the paid app model, leaving all games free to download, though still open to in-app premium content. And this is what I'm kind of afraid of. If you make me have to pay to get to the next level, I'm going to uninstall your game and tell my friends how awful it is. Like that, don't, I, I don't know. Do you feel that way, Ant? I mean, is that just the most frustrating thing? It, I mean, it can go both ways, though, you know, because they're giving it to you free. And they do have to make a living. But if you go to level one and master it, and they say, okay, you owe me another $10 just to get to level two, yeah, I got a problem But be that. upfront about give, it. Give me like, a little it's... bit. You know, give me a little bit to go on yeah. before you start gouging me. Or know? sell the game then, right? Yeah. Or just I would sell opt, it outright. have both options, I guess. But I don't know. I feel like I would opt to pay for the game. Don't go <clears throat> um, Square Enix. And start trying to sell me Final Fantasy three for sixteen ninety nine because uh, probably not gonna buy it. I'm just saying. No, 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 no. no. I, I, not I, wish, even. I hope they're gonna do all right though. Um, right. It, it it's got they got a whole lot of steam, and I was a little surprised to see that they're gonna have Jelly Bean on it too. Um, that's that says a lot, right? Hey, Mike, there. as a developer, like, is this is this something you would see as a new console, like opening up? Like, would you want to develop, Mike? No, you. Would yeah. you want to develop for this thing for the Ouya? Does Android? I mean, you saw what Shadowgun, that public beta I'm playing, Dead Zone. Well, you know, my main thing about mobile dev is. Oh yeah, my main thing about mobile dev. Is, Into the mic, dude. Yeah, sorry, Jesus. Dude. <laughs> not not used to. I know. Okay. Yeah. Again. Um, 
I don't want to develop for both um, the iOS and the Android. I want to build the game once and then be able to distribute it on both with not a lot of rework. So that's my main thing at uh, looking at any dev tools there. So, and if you could get, if you could develop this, have it hit phones and tablets and this new console, does that kind of become more attractive than the iOS model? Or are you still yeah. doing both? No, definitely. I mean, um, multi-platform to me is uh, one of the key things I look at more than anything else, really. Even uh, performance, I'd be willing to sacrifice if it ran on multiple platforms. Okay. Chris, what do you think? Do you got any thoughts on, on the OUYA or anything like that? Sell it. That's it. Just. You don't like it? <laughs> I, no. I, What's your beef? Because it's not Apple? What's the matter, Chris? No, I don't have any beef. I just try to go for simplicity. You know, all this gets too confusing. How is it confusing? I figured it was more simple, just having a console that everything's right there. But think about it. The integration and everything. I, uh, no. <laughs> what are you integrating? <laughs> What are you integrating? I'm curious. You said a console with everything right there. It's a console. You turn right. it on and play games with a controller, like a console. Right. Where's, where's the expansion? Where's the ability? Where's the whole? Where's the customization? Where's the uniqueness that's inside of it? Nothing. From a Kickstarter project of over eight million dollars to to what we're seeing so far. So, what was the last one uh, that had the console that you just plug in that you were playing games over the cloud? Uh, who were they? They just folded. Because they couldn't get anyone to play. Remember was it on live? Zynga. On live. Zynga? They couldn't afford their infrastructure. They had built this yeah. massive infrastructure servers, but they didn't have enough subscribers. And the problem was they couldn't oversubscribe the boxes because you couldn't get too many people playing, you know, whatever combat on top of it. So what they ended up doing was not being able to get enough subscribers to support the infrastructure and the bandwidth they needed to do it. So if you're going to have any sort of gaming device that sits there that's unique, that you just plug it in and go with a controller. What about the online capabilities? How am I updating games? Where are they coming from? Where am I buying them? Play What's... Store. Play Store. So I put a DVD in? Play Store. Web. Oh, no. See, it's not going to be supportable. It's not going to be supportable. This isn't, you know, like Google's Oops Today. I take not, it uh... you're not a big fan of the Chromebook either. <laughs> eh, no. All right. Fantastic. Not necessarily. <laughs> Larry? Not... Mike, you guys have any thoughts on this at all? Care? Don't care? Not me. I never play games. Well, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I do agree with Chris. I'd much rather have a disc versus a cloud just for my own security. Yep. Even though, I mean, yeah, granted, I do a lot of other things over the web for for uh, video as far as movies and television and whatnot, but something about my games coming from PlayStation Network versus me going out and getting a physical disc, I'd rather just go get that disc. I don't I don't know why. It's just my own little Because it's what you're blanket. used to. Because change yeah. is hard. I mean, because I'm constantly given the option right there from PlayStation Network to just go ahead and download this thing right now. I'm, I think I'm more interested to see what kind of awesome, weird, quirky games these underground indie developers bring and mixing that with the big-name developing houses and seeing... I mean, it's going to be a huge variety of just... I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I think Is it'll be offline interesting. mode? Can I be disconnected and play off of something local? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I would hope mode. so. That would be a downfall. I'm thinking no. Well, if you're on Android and you kick it into airplane mode, can you still play games? 
but you've got stuff on your device. But those you're saying strictly cloud. Mm. There's your difference. Not strictly. Well, it downloads it to the device. I assume. Well, when you're done with your sprinkles over there. Hey. We, uh, <laughs> if Lord, uh, we didn't have to wait for Larry for two hours. <laughs> so, I'm did, everybody, did everybody hear the, uh, the uh, Google engineer make a boo-boo today? No, what happened? What he happened? He accidentally slipped up and announced the next city for Google Fiber. <sighs> oh, really? What is it? Uh, Dallas. Is it Charlotte, North Carolina? Oh, damn. damn. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's interesting that there is a next city. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's a decided deal, huh? Well, he apparently slipped up and said something to the effect, yes, he's uh, Dallas, Whoa, basically, is where they're going to be doing their next work or, re- you know, putting whatever. So Dallas is supposedly the next fiber city. Do you think they're going to go all over the country with Oh, if we get enough buy-in? I can't see why. You know how much dark fiber there is across the cities? Just uh, sit in there. It's massive amounts. Like, I know downtown in St. Louis, every three years they're allowed to dig up and lay another bundle of dark fiber. They can't do it more than every three years, so they pre-plan that far in advance. And we've seen them laying it because it goes right near our next-door building. We're a fiber hotel. And it's amazing the amount of fiber they're dumping that's dark that sits there all across the country. Mm-hmm. And Google's just buying it and eating it up. You know, the really good news here is this means Google is going to do multiple yeah. cities. This, that's, they have yeah, that's, up to now said that. Absolutely. But, and we always said that, awesome. that it's always in their best interest for people to have nice, quick, affordable access to broadband. And the more of those cities in the middle they hit that are still on dial-up, if, you know, it's a good thing, my, I think. My guess is Kansas City, though, was a, uh, you know, a pilot. And yeah. if it went well, they're going to roll it out. And it sounds like it must have gone well because they're rolling it out. Well, they had That's enough fantastic. Buy-in. They had enough buy-in of people that prepaid the uh, upfront cost to get the equipment yeah. and the install done that they're having massive success in areas. They show there's a map of it, like a heat map that shows you the buy-in, and it's incredible. Yeah. Basically, everybody's saying, yes, give it to us. Larry Press, uh, Larry Page, if you're listening, I will sell my soul for you to come to our city. <laughs> Hey, I will sell my soul and my brother's soul. I'll sell, I'll sell everybody's soul in my city if you bring it here. Yeah, but not mine, Larry. No, you can have mine. Mine, you might have to get back from the bank. But um, Larry, <laughs> nice. listen. Dark fiber, light it up, Kalispell, Montana, four oh six. Do it. That is hot. Do it. He said. He said. He said. St. Louis. It sounded like he said Montana. <laughs> I said Satan, but okay. All right. Well, hey, a- a- absolutely excellent show, guys. Thank you, Chris Miller from I don't yeah, know nice for joining us. You guys. Thank you, Mike yeah. Calling from Whitefish, Montana, for joining us. Holla, uh, Aunt Pruitt, of course, Larry Press, Mike Rothman. I'm Matt Lee. Yet another tech show.com. That's our site. Check us out online on the Facebooks, on the Google Pluses, except for Ant, because he's only on Google Plus. Uh, we have a Twitter, so you know when the show goes live and when the episodes are posted. Uh, Chris, you got any latest uh, workup you want to mention? Uh, the next review stuff coming? Well, yeah. you want a list, man? I got a list of stuff. Yeah, will you send me a bullet point Microsoft uh, slide of that with uh, fade transitions, if you could? Uh, I actually I would do it in keynote. Okay. But keynote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't know. It's right. I D O N O T E S everywhere. Everywhere. Everything. Everywhere. Uh, everywhere. Everywhere. 
Fantastic. Check out uh, everyone else's writing on a new domain.net, angrypost.com. Uh, leave us a message if you like questions, comments, concerns, 406 204 4687, or you can text me at 406 848 But don't call me because I'm not going to answer. Uh, like I said, yet another texture.com. Make sure you're subscribed to iTunes, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Peace out, guys. <laughs> Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.